You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have a family of guests. I have had on a couple of married couples who have done cats before, met on cats, but today we're going to go one step further. On the U.S. National Tour 4 of Cats, Helen Frank at the time was performing as Demeter in Bombay Arena and met Steve Watkins, who was in the Cat Scorers and was covering Buster Jones, Gr- Gus, Grouthiger, and Old Deuteronomy, where they met and married on tour Fast forward to 2014 and their daughter, Lauren, who was 17 at the time, performed with Steve in the Casa Manana Theater regional production of Cats and has also done Cats in other places in Vermont and regionally as well. And they performed as Syllabub and Gus getting to do it together as a family. So I think this is the first full family of Cats I've had on. Excited to have all three of you here today. So welcome to the Watkins family. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having us. This is very, very exciting and fun for us. I've, I've, like I said, I've had some couples that have met on tour and I'm always start going like, all right, is it Tugger Bombay Arena? Like who, who are the characters? Cause I'm like, is it the personalities that met that was there? But this is the first time I heard after that's like, oh, they met on tour. And then also father daughter got to do it later. So that is such a unique and cool kind of piece to, um, to have a whole family having deep roots into the cat's world. I always going to start at the beginning because to me, I was kind of blown away in 2016 when I saw cats the first time and the U S tour four, you really are around the 98 movie, like predate that 1998 movie. So when was your introduction to the show? When's the first time you saw it? And then Lauren, when was the first time you saw it? Was it a, you know, a production with, with your, your, your parents? Like, how did you get introduced to the show? Well, uh, uh, I guess I'll start. I, I first saw the show when it opened in, um, 1982. And a good friend of mine from college, um, was in the show. We, uh, actually started in the business together. We were very lucky. We started with, uh, the bus and truck company of a course line right out of college. And then, um, so we were on the road with that. And then sh- we, when that, uh, when we left that show, then she ended up getting cats in, in 1982, and she was an understudy. Um, she understudied Demeter and uh, Syllaba um, and a, a couple of other cats. And and uh, so she, so I went to see her in the show as as Demeter, and um, that was the first time I saw it. Wow! And what were what was your reaction that first time? 
Well, you know, I didn't even recognize her. I kept looking. Yeah. I wasn't familiar with the show. And so I, and, and I couldn't recognize her with all of that makeup. And then I finally figured it out when I, when her solo lines started. Um, and, and honestly, you know, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. And I didn't really like the show that much, but I liked, I liked the visuals of it. And I loved the dancing and I loved how challenging it was vocally. And dance wise, because it's very, very difficult to show vocally and, and, and the dancing is very difficult. And so that's why I wanted to be in it because having done a course and that was really the first of its kind with that, where you really had to be uh, a triple threat. And then, but, mm-hmm. but I feel like Kat stepped it up because the music was very challenging. Uh, yeah. I've talked to hundreds of people and I still, I still, it's still confusing. Yeah. Everyone who's done it is still confusing. Steve, what about you? When was your first introduction to the show? I believe it was summer of 83. I, uh, it was the first uh, Broadway show I'd ever seen in New York. I had traveled up. Uh, I was working at a theater in Raleigh uh, run by Deanne Jones uh, called, at the time, it was Carolina Regional Theater, and it's now the North Carolina Theater. And uh, Deanne and I, uh, she was mounting a production of uh, A Midsummer Night's Dream, and she was going to New York to pick up fabric up there uh, in the garment district. And, uh, one of her, um, she calls them sons. I, I, one of her sons as well, but uh, one of her sons is Terry Mann, who I think you've interviewed on mm-hmm. this channel, uh, previously. And Terry was doing cats and I'd never seen a Broadway show. So he got us house seats and it, uh, my jaw dropped. I was astounded by the, uh, not only the music and, and choreography, but the theatricality plus the audience. Uh, interaction with the entire uh, theater, uh, the entire Winter Garden was turned into a um, huge junkyard uh, where we were uh, invasive species in the cat's world, um, and uh, got to meet Terry and uh, went out and had uh, a late bite to eat with him after the the production. And of course, he was just a rock star and and. Uh, <laughs> incredible in the uh, in the production um and from that moment on i said boy i would sure love to do that i can't see me dancing in the show but sure would love to do it and then i found out there was actually a couple of uh non-dancing singing roles uh that, that i would be right for so i started auditioning for it i love it you aren't ready to do do the crouch susting tugger dance moves and be out in the audience and really get after it type of thing you're like i, I like the show but i'm ready to be more of the the gus bustifer old deuteronomy version exactly even though yeah. it's 20 25 or 26 of the time. <laughs> i love it i love it and and so lauren you're in a little different you know era you get to probably grow up with it knowing that you you know your parents found the show were you obsessed with the 98 movie or is it um what was the first time you saw it live i think the first time I saw it live was when it came to Atlanta on a tour, maybe when I was 13. I'm not, I'm not too sure, but I, like you said, it's kind of always been around me. And, um, I do remember watching the movie as a kid and also watching YouTube videos of the show and listening to the cast recordings and yeah. Were you prepped going in for what you were about to see, having, you know, deep, deep roots of it with your parents being able to kind of give you the heads up? Or 
Are you like the three, the three of us out here who went the first time, literally not sure what we're going to see and had to kind of go in blind? I, I knew that it was amazing dancing and music and a spectacle, but I didn't really know, um, the extent of the story behind it until I did the show myself. <laughs> okay. I want to fast forward to those moments now. So now us tour four, you get cast into the show and you've seen it. You're familiar with at least kind of the idea you've got to learn the dance number, but what was your first kind of reaction of the rehearsal process of understanding, wow, this is a, much deeper plot than you probably caught seeing it on stage? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think, so I was, I was the um, first female replacement in that fourth national, and I didn't have that um, advantage of having that long rehearsal <laughs> process. So I had two weeks to learn the show. So I went, I didn't, I, if I had gone in as an understudy, I probably would have had more time, but I was a replacement for someone who was injured. So I had two weeks. And so it was mostly about the choreography, um, a, a, a brief overview of the character, um, of, of Demeter mm-hmm. and the relationship with Bomb. And then, um, so I, I felt like the character then and the story all then came together after you know but there was a big push to get me right into the show in two weeks yeah interesting so i feel like every time i've heard someone who's had that scenario it's always like just don't get somebody hurt get in the right place at the right time do the dance and then we'll figure out all the like nuances of the relationships as you go but that first part is just like just don't get anybody hurt exactly exactly because there are a lot of traffic patterns that um are critical to be in the right place at the right time mm-hmm. and you know that was always it, it was more like a stop look and listen and make sure you don't run into somebody <laughs> so, yeah and just get through the numbers and steve what about you was was your introduction a little bit different how much more of the like process did you get and also being able to having to cover multiple characters like you have to be able to have the the knowledge of a little bit of the backstory of each especially old deuteronomy who's you know our decision maker here of the most important choice. Absolutely. Um, the first role that I learned was Gus. Um, and, uh, as Helen indicated, I was dressed in brown, put in the back row during the dance numbers and told, please don't break any of the dancers while you're out there. And that I, I did a pretty good job of that. I think you did, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I broke zero dancers, uh, during my time on stage. Thank goodness. Uh, the, the the choreography just learning the choreography was completely overwhelming um uh, but uh so that took about four weeks but in that process the uh dance captain the assistant dance captain uh kept reiterating um backstory interactions uh relationships uh between the cats uh and and uh we did a lot of uh, improv during the rehearsal sessions with the with all the understudies so it was very beneficial um that it was about a, a six-week period before i ever got on stage but uh we did a lot of uh of rehearsals and run-throughs of the show mm-hmm. during that period of time and uh it was it, it 
it was a, a wonderful um, inundation of the uh, overall story. Um, and, and part of it was developing your own interactions with uh, and, and your own ideas of interactions with the cats. Because every time we went on stage, uh, it would usually, for me as an understudy, it would be with a different cast generally. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes with a different uh, Jelly Lorem as my partner uh, with the Gus Growl Tiger uh, sequence. And it was just a, a, a wonderful acting experience to create the show every night with with someone and she was put to the test every time too whoever that was yeah I think the first was alice lynn but uh they were very generous and and welcoming a very welcoming tribe for mm-hmm. newbies so when did you two start dating on tour was it on tour because you met on tour it was yes we uh i met uh helen um the first week I got there, um, and uh, that was March of 1989, uh, backstage the Heinz Theater in Pittsburgh. Are you familiar with that? I, I, I kind of assumed Heinz when you said Heinz has got to be Pittsburgh just because they have they've named everything in that city. But no, I'm not familiar with the theater. Exactly, and uh, we just over the next six. Eight months, we became friends and uh, asked her, you know, to go grab a beer after the show or something. And uh, and then things started to develop. Okay. So my, I what I find is fascinating on this is because there's been, of the couples that I've, that I've heard of that have come from this, there's been a lot of Tugger Mustafalis. There's been a lot of Tugger Bombardier. Feels like Tuggers in all these. There's been a lot of Tugger uh, teasers, <laughs> Rumble teasers. But the Gus or even old Deuteronomy in a Bombay arena aren't necessarily a love, a love interest you get on stage. So how did, as you started to, you know, like formulate your relationship, did you notice that your stage dynamics changed? And did other people start to notice of like, huh, there seems to be a little bit more going on here between this Gus and Bombay arena than, than any other Gus and Bombay arena we've ever seen? Uh-huh. Well, you know, it's it, that. That's interesting because our characters didn't really have that. We weren't that in close proximity to each other very much on stage. As much as I tried. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, as Westifer, you know, it was, you know, adulation. Oh, he's so fun. We love him. He's so sweet. And then as dude, very, you know, to just really love him. And so, but as far as it, 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 Bomb's uh, relationship with his characters were not the same as Bomb and Tugger, for example, or McGuffey. Yeah. So, yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As much as I tried, Mike. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're on stage kind of over there trying to figure out how to, you know, tell your, <laughs> tell your story as Gus looking a little bit further one way to the other. Exactly. <laughs> okay. I, 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 every time I ask this, I'm like, you're all professionals. Like, of course, you're not going to let that get in the way. You're going to go do your job. But I'm also like, huh, these, these two characters shouldn't be together at all. Like, this doesn't <laughs> fit. And then knowing you are off stage and there's been a couple like that, it's always kind of a fun, like, I look at everything from the lens of the, the characters and the stories. And I'm like, these, these don't fit. Even Bustifer makes it really fun too. Like, you're in the Bustifer costume. I'm like, I don't think that there's, like, I'm not sure how Bomb Bell you're going to think about, about him at all. 
It was a love story that was never meant to be. <laughs> you could have added it. This was this was a chance. That's true. That's true. Could have changed the dy- the dynamic. So I want to fast forward to doing it in um, in Texas. So how did you, like how did you decide and come up? I know it was a Richard Stafford production, and I know that you know y'all worked with him. So was it just that you saw it and was like, huh, we could audition to this together? Like, was there a conscious effort that this might be something you're able to do together? I actually saw the post on a play on Playbill on the website and and I saw that it was Richard and at Casa Mignana and I was and I brought it to Steve's attention. And uh and do you want to take And it turns out that the executive producer at Casa Mignana is Wally Jones who is Deanne Jones' son. Real son, not a fake son like me. Yeah. He's a, her real son. And uh, he worked at North Carolina Theater for many years, and then he went down and took over the uh, the, the theater in Casamagnana in Fort Worth. And so I contacted Wally and, and said, what would you think about our daughter auditioning for that production? Because she was, uh, Lauren, correct me if I'm wrong, senior in high school? Yes. And he said, well, one of you would need to be with her because she's uh, basically a minor. I think she was 16 at the mm-hmm. time, but uh, 16 or so, uh, maybe she was 17. Um, and uh, so Helen and I drew straws and I got the short one. And uh, so um, I went down with Lauren. She and I flew down in December to audition uh, into, into the first ice storm in North Texas in quite a while, I guess. And uh, they they cast me, uh, which was a huge surprise. I, I we figured they would cast Lauren, but uh, I think I auditioned for Old Deuteronomy as well as for Gus. And they they said um, we we would prefer you. We have a, another guy who would uh, who's tremendous uh, local um, gentleman, and he did a excellent job with Dude. And uh, so I got to do uh, Gus and Bustopher and Grail Tiger. Okay, I have I to can, I have to backtrack just a little bit. There, there's a little side story in here if you want to hear that. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, we also contacted Richard. You know, he's a very sweet man, and and we said, you know, maybe you know, what do you think about one of us being in the show? Before? <laughs> <laughs> and so he said, and so Richard said, <laughs> my husband is so sweet; he didn't want to embarrass me, but I I think it's hysterical. And so Richard said, Helen. <laughs> we had proposed to Richard that Helen and Lauren come down and do the show together. He said, Helen, in, in the most loving way possible, I, I'm afraid that your ship has sailed. No. And I said, you know, Richard, actually, you're right. I don't know how I would have done the show. It probably would have killed me. And so, and I just thought it was hysterical, but you know, of course, Steve and Laura were like, "Mom, you so totally could have done the show," but you know, it was fine. I was not, I was not, you know, mad or you know, I, I, it was totally fine, and I was super happy that Steve got to do it with Lauren. Yeah, it was- it's funny hearing you say that though, because there is, there's been a couple conversations. I know a couple other podcasts do this as like a game where they talk about what shows would you want to do a career of. And cats is usually a good answer because you definitely could start as a tumble brutus and a kitten and then do a, one of, you know, the dance numbers. And it's so it's there. So it's like, is, was Grizabella just not on the table for you? Like, is that not, that's only 15 minutes on stage. 
Mm-hmm. No, that is not a song that I could do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No. So, so this is, so then it's just, it's Gus. We're going to have, we're going to bring on Gus and then you got the, that was the short end of the, of the stick there to be the parental <laughs> guide, parental <laughs> guidance there. This is basically all because you knew Laura was going to be ready to go and she needs to be in the show as syllabus. And I had major doubts about my capabilities after 25 years. It was, it was, it was honestly the first time I had auditioned in a quarter century and I was so nervous. I was pacing the floor like a, you know, like a 10 year old and Lauren was cool, calm and collected. She gets waved through to the dance call and, uh, but, uh, were, were you package deal? Lauren, were you, were you going to do it by yourself if they both, if they didn't get cast? If you're just like, nah, I'm, it's good. Like you can hang out in the hotel. I'll still go do this. I truly felt like it would be him getting cast and I would not get cast. So I, a package deal, I'm not really sure. I mean, I, I was just thinking, well, he could do Gus and, and we could go and watch him, but, um, yeah. yeah. So Laura, I want to hear from you a little bit about what your experience was learning the plot of the show as a 17 year old. And, you know, Syllabub is, is, uh, you know, a very kitten youthful character, but you're also then learning this whole underlying story that is a little dark and probably not clear in the 1998 movie that you're watching that you're growing up and not clear in the dances so did you have any aha moments where you're just like oh wow i did not realize that especially knowing some of the characters that your parents played yeah um before i went to texas um to learn the show and i did end up going out about a week early to do um kitty school and to start learning the show. They had the people who had never done the show before come out a little earlier so we could have more time to to do kitty school and to start learning the choreography and everything. Um, but even before that, um, my parents talked to me about the story and some of the relationships with the cats. And one of the a theory that was that was mentioned by my mom is um, the collar that Syllabub wears is very similar to Bombalurina's collar, and the relationship between them, um, yeah, uh, it can be developed and interpreted in a few different ways. I'm curious to hear from you all about the first time you go on stages together. Like, what is that kind of family moment like? Was did, did everyone come? Like, who was in the audience? And what was that experience like the first time you get to kind of perform together? I could barely keep it together. It was, uh, yeah, it was, um, very, uh, it was just a, a very moving moment for me, um, just to see how far she had come in 17 years. Uh, in because uh, she'd started dance, I believe, when she was three. Three or four, probably. Lauren, were you about three or were you four? I think I was four. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to remember. I, huh? I think it was four because I didn't want to start you too young. Uh, I, I thought I thought four was was a good a good time. I thought you started them at three and then they're sick of it by the time they're six. <laughs> yeah, she was, uh, you know, in, inundated in dance class and vocal lessons, and uh, she worked with some very good uh, teachers in um, middle school and high school uh, that, uh, as well as choreographers who uh, put her on stage 
in sometimes uh, challenging and leading roles. And so to see her in a professional production uh, in a three-quarter round stage at a very prestigious regional theater was, and, and being able to see it up close and personal was uh, just a, an incredible moment. Yeah. It's also got a little, like, it feels like Gus, right? Like your, your story is reminiscing on stage in, a, in its own sense. So you're kind of getting to, uh, live that in a real, like true sense. Like that's, that's gotta be kind of almost a little strange. Like it's usually, you know, you're out there performing, but this is kind of does fit, fit almost a lot more within the story of the, of the character. Absolutely. I tell everybody, I, I really live Gus. Now I I'm in telecommunications and I umpire baseball. But back in the day, if you give me a tooth full of gin, I'll tell you some stories here. I love it. I love it. As I say, you just uh, just don't embody too much of uh, Bustifer. You know, you got to keep keep that at bay. Hey, Pompous. Yes. Yeah. And Lauren, for you, what was like being you know on stage with your dad? What was that like? It was so surreal and magical. I had not seen my parents perform in a musical before. Um, and growing up, um, my dad and I would sing at church and at home sometimes, but I'd never seen him perform in the show. Um, so getting to be on stage together was amazing. And at the end of the show, when the cats, after the bows, when the cats sort of dance off stage. I think this was for the very closing show, but I remember, I remember what it looked like vividly, but we were dancing together and then he picked me up and twirled me. And then we, um, he carried me off stage and that's one of my favorite memories from that show. And it was such a nice sort of cap, a sort of bow on the, the Same whole project. Here. Yeah. What a, I mean. God, what a got to be a, a memorable moment. It's such a cool family thing and something you probably just don't even expect. And there's not a lot of shows or situations that even allow you that opportunity and, and you get that here. And then I just, before we go to some, some rapid fire and have some fun with like some of the plot and characters, I, I want to hear a little bit. I know getting to do bomb ballerina later, how much did you learn? Did you get to go and, and did you pick your mom's brand of like, all right, you did this for years. Like, what do I need to know? How much? Like, how much did you add and get to kind of to to embody, you know, your version of Bomb Ballerina? I feel like I completely lucked out because she had developed the character so much. She she did it for nine years. And so she had so many little moments and uh, so much backstory and relationships with the characters. And there are so many, I mean... The show is huge and there are so many characters and so many opportunities to interact and um, just develop the story more. And it was so helpful the way she would explain to me how Bombalurina felt towards the different cats. Um, and of course, as the show develops, um, in the rehearsal process and even throughout the show, I could have, um, my own ideas with the cats, but 
it was so, so helpful what she told me beforehand. Yeah, I, it's it's got to be like most people don't go in with being able to kind of have, you know, like I've kind of joked that my podcast can maybe give some people a little bit of hearing from it, but you're only getting like 30, 45 minutes. And here you can go to your parent and get the full, I did this for years rundown, which is again, so unique and got to be again, a, a family, your family of cats, whether you, whether you realize or not, it's, it's, it's a, a huge part of, of your, your, your life and, and a, a piece that you got to all kind of do as a core memory together, which is again, really unique. You just don't get that in, in many things. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back for more of the wrong cat died. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. I want to do some rapid fire, which won't be that rapid because we have three people, but my <laughs> standard questions. Um, if you could go on, we're, we're going to take the ship's not sailed. If you can go on for any cat, any, you know, whether it's male, female, age, height, you can sing it, you can dance it. If you can go on for one night as any cat, who would you each want to perform as? Who wants to go first? You. I would want to be Tugger. <laughs> Tugger. I love it. Yes. I just, because, yeah, I just think that that's just a, you know, a wild, that would be just really fun to let loose like that. Okay. Follow up Tugger question. Would you go, when you go out into the crowd and you're going to like harass some person in the audience, are you looking for someone who's ready to play along or are you looking for someone who's like, oh, don't pick me. Like, who do you want? Um, you know, I would probably go with somebody who's ready to play along. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't want to put, embarrass somebody like that, I think. Yeah. That's Tugger. Tugger wouldn't care. Yeah, no, but, but, but Helen would. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Who wants to go next? If I got to choose one, I, I, I think McCavity is just a fun role. Uh, Plato McCavity, um, it's it's integral in the show, and he appears a number of times, obviously. But he's just the the kind of outcast bad boy Hellraiser that comes in and uh, just blows up the set, basically. Um, yeah, and I, I just I think that would be a fun role to do. Yeah. What about you? I would love to do Skimble Shanks. I love the the number. I love the music. His cute little vest. His orange unitard and the train and the everything about it i love skimble shanks those are great answers. i was waiting for you to say uh mungus trap but i was like did you all just pick the three brothers like, <laughs> the family picked the three brothers was going to be two on the nose if you did that <laughs> um okay what is um who are your favorite and least favorite cats so i want to hear both i got to hear who do you love and who bugs the daylights out of you wow Huh, who wants to go first? 
Lauren, you you start them off. <laughs> uh, I feel like I feel like I'm <laughs> biased, but I can't help it. I love Bombalurina and Gus, and I, of course, I love my parents. Of course, and maybe it's maybe it's um, <laughs> I, I don't know, but just. The two, maybe it's because I know so much about both of those characters because I've heard about them so much. Um, but those are my favorites, Bombalurina and Gus. But I'm not, okay. I'm not letting you off the hook for least favorite. You yeah, my it. least favorite is, um, <laughs> sorry, is Jelly Lorem because the, the part of the song where she like <laughs> during the Gus, during the Gus song, where she like scratches him, I, that always makes me oh, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. I don't like it. I can't. I can't watch. I th- that is a cat that is very rarely mentioned on the dislike side. So I love a, a new answer. I think that's great. Um, I yeah, more power to to adding some fuel to the fire here. <laughs> I would have to go with my favorite cat. Is Grizabella. Uh, oh, no. Which is, yeah. I'm going to be good for my last question. <laughs> I know. But I, 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 such empathy for that broken, frail uh, castaway. Um, I, I always cut a fit. And, and uh, also coming at it from a Gus or a old Deuteronomy vantage, uh, a particular. Um, empathy for for um for Grizabella. I right, least favorite. Oh gosh. Tough to say Cassandra. <laughs> okay. so- I I just I don't know. I just uh, not a big fan of the of the <laughs> Siamese. Plus she's such a beautiful dancer so I got a, a lot of uh, <laughs> it's not random. Come on. It, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, she has such beautiful lines. I, I used to, um, just, uh, look at her and when she comes out for her bow, at one point she would just kick her legs straight up in the air and hold it. And I'd go, wow, that hurts. And I'm very jealous. And you can't do both legs in the air at the same time. What's wrong? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I love it. So I, well, for me, that her Siamese parts, it doesn't exist in the versions I've seen. So I, um, it, it got cut for sure in, um, in the revival. So that's, it's, but Cassandra's still in there. It's just that particular section isn't anymore. But, um, yeah, I think that's, that's good. And I love the randomness. The, my answer is it even exists in your show either. And my answer was Peter, who is Gus's just ensemble dancer from the 2016 oh. revival, just because I don't like that it was named Peter. It's just <laughs> weird. Just like no need to name like the most basic generic male name. Sorry to all my Peter listeners out there, but like it's just a, it's not a cat's name. It's like you got Mustafli's and Rumtum Tugger and McCavity and then Peter. John. Yeah. All right. Alan, what do you, what do you got? Okay, I think my favorite chair. Well, of course, I, I, <laughs> I, of course, I love Bomb, and that was the the when I saw the show, that was the role that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, but I would say if I'm not picking Bomb, I would Gus Grau Tiger was, is my favorite character. I just love it. Yeah, yeah, I love the Bad. story and the energy and and 
that whole arc of this of him of his character. Love and, it. And as far as my least favorite, I can't even think of a least favorite cat. You've got to have one. They're all family, but you still have that one family member who drives you nuts, right? Like that's that's why I look at this. Yeah. Um, Coracle Path. <laughs> just yeah. name 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 somebody. Name random ones. I mean. I don't. I, I was going to say Grizz, maybe, but I, <laughs> but I, but I don't know if that's quite quite right. Um, but gosh, um, least favorite cat. I, uh, I, 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 I honestly can't think of a least favorite. I'll accept, cat. I'll accept your Grizz vote because that's okay. better for my question at the end. Okay. We, uh, <laughs> we still got two more before we get there. Um, favorite song from the show. For me, definitely McCavity. Oh, absolutely! I, yeah, I I agree. Uh, as as gorgeous as memory is, um, I have always thought that the uh, um, addressing of cats that mm. Deuteronomy sings off the tire is the perfect recap of yeah. the last two hours. Yeah, that's a great one, Laura. What about you? I love the overture. I love. Um, it builds. It's so exciting, and it's a great song to run to if you ever need to to light a fire. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, definitely the overture. Love it. If uh, I could I, run, I would <laughs> definitely play yeah. that. As I say, sitting here as someone who's slowly working, running, and training for a half marathon, I'm like, all right, I had not put the overture in my mostly hip hop playlist to keep my energy up, but now I'm like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. I might. It was that and Skimbleshanks was the other one I kind of had thought about because it just had the high pace of Skimbleshanks. Um, okay, my fun one before we get to the important question. Uh, Steve is an umpire. As a baseball umpire, which cat do you think would be the best baseball umpire? Muckus Strap, no doubt. He's, he's very calm, cool, collected, poised, unless one of the players is Rumtum Tugger and he loses it a little bit uh, with that particular coach or player but uh i i I have to go with monk on that i i agree i think that's i think that's the the right answer as as i thought about this when you emailed i was like i always throw one fun one in i'm like what's the fun one to put a cat in a different scenario i was like all right who's gonna be this and um and yeah i think that's that is that's where my head went to immediately but then i started thinking all right who would they all be rooting for what who would be the best general manager who's actually gonna hit like I had, Bu- I had Buster for Jones as my designated hitter. Like he's not running, but he's going to hit. Oh, um, he doesn't have to run if he puts it over the fence. Yeah. Leading off is Mustafa's probably. Yep. It's going to be fast and speedy. Um, I spent way too much time thinking about this, so we probably don't need to go any further. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm actually, have, I have three games tomorrow morning that I'm umpiring and I'm going to put on the monk makeup. Put, put on the monk makeup. <laughs> that will. Yeah, that I would love to see the parents' reaction or any the fans' reaction if you came in Monkish Traps makeup and then put on the yeah that would um they would not understand. Let's just leave it there. Um, okay, million dollar question. My whole podcast centers around I've argued at length that I don't think Chris Bell is the right jumpable choice. So I want to hear from all three of you. I want to hear if you are making the decision. Who are you picking and why? Uh, and let's give some defense and have a little healthy debate. But we also have an old dude around me, so I also have some questions about the decision-making process, depending on who you pick. If y'all don't pick Grizzabell, we're just going to move on, and I'm going to be happy and hang up on y'all. But who wants to go first? 
Well, I'll go first because I pick Grizabella. You're picking Grizabella? Absolutely. I've always Your thought- Your least she, favorite cat? Yeah, yeah. I always thought that she should be the one to go. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, I, I felt that she had Sandal, she, and she was tired. <laughs> and she was ready to start again with one of her other lives. Gus isn't tired? Yeah, but he, no, because I feel like with, yes, he's tired, but he still is enjoying living in the past. Okay. And I didn't feel like Grizz was still enjoying it was that she was done. Okay. And if she comes so, back as a different Jellicle life, maybe <laughs> Helen will like her then. <laughs> yeah. All right. I got one Grizz vote. I'm still going to try to change your mind here while we, while we finish, <laughs> but who wants to go next? Lauren, mix it up. Well, I was going to say Gus. Because he's, his body is hurting and he's, it just seems so sad. But after my mom said that he's still enjoying living in the past and enjoying his time in the tribe, that completely changed my- no, don't let her scare you. No, answer. I get She's so right though. Oh, so now I think Grizz because, because- <laughs> <laughs> If she comes back yeah. as a new cat, yeah, she was ready to go. And I don't think Gus is ready to go. All right. Well, I'm going to hear, I'm going to hear one more vote here and then I'm going to start <laughs> giving some defense, uh, of my, of my theory here. And I don't want you to think it's uh, a unanimous decision by any means. Uh, and you know, yeah, Gus is tired, but he still enjoys the, the corner pub where he can spin some yarns for a, a shot of hooch um i think the cat who should have gone is old deuteronomy i uh, i great answer i feel like he has uh earned the right um and uh i i can't honestly say that the wrong cat died and did she really die or did she ascend? But that's that's a, that's another podcast for another day. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask my, some of my follow up questions because I do, and I know we're. I, I totally understand the redemption arc in the story. Like I have no qualms with with that as the main plot of the musical. I think you tell a great story, you teach a great lesson. Where I have the struggle is, and I think Steve, to your point, is 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 she dying or not? But I'm like. She just sings this beautiful thing about being welcome back to the family and how she wants to be back part of this group that she's been abandoned. And then it's like, and then let's just kill her versus let's let her go next year. Let's let her have a year with the family, go to some birthday parties, have a good time. Like, why can't she be next year's choice? So that's kind of my first question. But I think my bigger question is, and this is an old Deuteronomy question. What is the criteria every year? Because if it's, is there a redemption story happening next year? Was there a redemption story last year? Is there another exiled cat that's going to come back next year? Like, what is the Jellicle choice each year? Perhaps. Um, uh, uh, the, I think it's, it's a matter of, uh, a mind melding of everyone kind of like the, selection of the Pope where it has to be unanimous. Um, so everyone except for, I guess, McCavity, um, 
elected, selected uh, Grisabella, and uh, Victoria was the first one who was brave enough or stupid enough to reach out and actually touch her. Um, and it, it swayed everyone else's hearts and minds uh, to join in on that choice. I, the Pope thing just got a visual in my head because I'm thinking like when she ascends to the heavy side layer, you do the big fog machine and it's literally, literally white smoke. Like you literally have a white smoke moment of we've selected our choice. Yeah. Okay. Um, for old Deuteronomy, who's taking over if he is your choice? Who's next year's decider? Is it Monk? I would, I would say it would be Monk, although, uh, Tugger would have probably thrown a, a wrench into the proceedings. Yeah but ultimately uh, acquiesced and, and enjoyed his friend-slash-brother-slash-nemesis uh, running the show and, and overseeing that uh, ascension, that, that selection. I love it. I, what, what would change your mind on the Grisabella votes? Hmm. But she wouldn't marry the Gus. <laughs> yeah. She wouldn't want to, she doesn't want to kill Gus because she's married to Gus. So that's the, that's the problem. So I, I don't know. I, I just felt that Grace is such a frail character. Um, had she not seemed so pathetic in her song and, you know, maybe that would have convinced me that maybe she still had some time left. But so I'll throw you my idea out that I'm, I'm, actively pushing every regional theater that I talk to to try to do. I want an Edwin Drew style finish to this show. I was I want I want an audience vote. I want a different person every night. I've I know they've done it in chorus line before. I know it's been, it's happened in a chorus line production before. I know it's out there. I know that the real useful group allows some some tinkering with the show now because there's wow. a ballroom cats coming in New York in uh, next year. So I it's it's in the realm of possibility, and I want an audience vote, and I want the cast. I want the cast to be like hardcore positioning for it. I want your entire dance studio to come and vote for Tumble Brutus one night, <laughs> and all of a sudden he gets to go up. Like I think there's a world where you can you can really have some fun with this. <laughs> that is great, and produced and directed by Mike Abrams. I'm ready. I couldn't tell you the first thing about how to do dancing or where to stage or anything else. I couldn't sing, but the idea I can, I can stand there and help you figure out exactly who's going to go each night and, and why we'll work on the tech. Like if they could do audience vote in American Idol with people pushing buttons, like everyone, we could pull out our phones real fast and vote. Oh, please. Absolutely. Yep. Rig all the chairs with one of those little buttons. We're ready. Yeah. I it's I'm, I'm ready for it. I think I, uh, that's fun. So I'm going to make my uh, debut as a director, not even director. I need, I need help on 99.9% of the rest of the show, <laughs> but I can help with just telling each character what relationship they should play. And I can help with making the decision at the end of a different choice every night. And I would assume Grizabella is going to win a couple nights because you're going to hear memory. It's going to be, you know, there it's, it's still, the story still lands. I changed nothing else except for who gets picked. Uh -huh. Yeah. That would be that's fun. My, that's a great that's idea. My mission. I'd go see it. Me too. Absolutely. Well, you know more uh, directors than I do. So if you talk to any of them ever, just plant the seed of like, there's this really good idea I heard. And I'm not hard to, to reach. 
And I'm saying, we know where to find you, Mike. Easy, easy to reach. Well, this has been super fun. Such a cool experience to hear from all of you and all the different, um, you know, productions of the show you got to do and, and getting to do it together, which is, is really cool. How can, um, we stay in touch on social media or if anything else you're doing, this might be a Lauren specific question, but want to make sure that if there's any other uh, things that you're working on, people can find out and stay in touch. Oh, thank you so much. I'm on Instagram at Lauren three underscores Watkins. Um, yeah, my parents are on Instagram too, but, um, mostly just for like contact sort of things, but, um, <laughs> but if you would like to contact them, would you guys like to, I haven't posted yours? anything yet on Instagram. <laughs> just, you're just, you're just watching just, just when you watch on Instagram. Okay. Well, That's we right. won't link, we won't link those if there's nothing to guys see, but Lauren will link yours so that people can find you and stay in touch on any future shows you're doing and other stuff you're doing. Thank you. Amazing. This has been so fun. Thank you all for taking the time to uh, hop on and record with me. Well, thank you. Yes. This was really, really enjoyable. This been a blast, Mike. Thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Thank you all. And thanks everyone else for listening to this episode of the Ron Cat Tide, the podcast breakdown, the catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of those podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and threads at the Ron Cat Died, or check our website, theroncatdie.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.